Welcome back to the podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. It's Ollie. And as always, I'm joined by Anna. Hello, Anna. Happy New Year, Anna. Happy New Year, Ollie. How's it going? It's good. Had a great uh, New Year. Had a great Christmas, everything. Um, What a wonderful time of the year. It's also (laughs) been like 50 degrees outside, so it doesn't even feel like winter. It's like amazing. Um. (laughs) But you're good? You're recovered now? Yeah, yesterday. Well, yesterday is like National Violent Hangover Day anyway. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, I'm recovered. Um... How are you? How was your everything? Holidays were great. It was very chill. Just with my family. Even New Year's, like it was nothing crazy. We didn't really plan. It's kind of last minute, but we just hung out and had a good time. We we're stuck in the rain for New Year's because we were in between two bars. Um, oh wait, that's so fun and romantic. <laughs> actually, that's like very. That's yeah, it's really- very romantic. Me and Colin just like in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I mean, though. Like, and, but I wasn't very hungover. Um, so I've already started 2023 off going hard in the paint. Um, and I start my job tomorrow. Oh, which is exciting. Oh and my also God. a little stressful. So we'll see. Are you working from home? No, they were like back and forth, back and forth. And finally they're like, no, no, just come in the office for nine and we'll, we'll see how long the day is. And I'm like, okay. Oh my God. Um, I'll let you know how it goes. Um, but yeah, that's, let's just jump right in because we're going to talk about a movie that uh, we're going to have to spoil. Sorry. But it's a really new movie. It's a really hot movie right now. Super hot. Mm-hmm. Glass Onion, which is the Knives Out sequel. Uh, or it's in the Knives Out universe, I guess. Um, uh, Ryan Johnson. Uh, okay, who... I didn't know if that's how you pronounced it. Because I've been saying Leon? that. <laughs> Like, and then I looked it up and just a white guy. So it's on like, this is Ryan. Ryan Johnson, who famously almost ruined Star Wars for everybody. Um, with, what? Yeah. Star Wars, the eighth Star Wars was Ryan Johnson. And it kind of fucked up the lore of the whole. They had to like retcon everything he did in that movie. Kind of. And this one made the last Star Wars terrible. Anyway, I'm over that. Um, <laughs> some people still aren't. Um, but yeah, Ryan Johnson uh, dabbling in murder mystery uh and it's got like the first one an all-star cast mm-hmm. um led by daniel craig do you want to give us a little synopsis yeah totally um so ollie like you said it's in the knives out universe um you'll know that if you've seen the first one which is that really amazing movie daniel craig and anna de Armas. um but so basically in the second one um like a tech billionaire named Miles Braun, played by Edward Norton, invites his friends for a getaway on his Greek island. Um, and when someone turns up dead, Detective Benoit Blanc, who is Daniel Craig, is put on the case. And I'll just cop to it right now. I just read that summary off Google. So I'm sorry, but. Do you not remember what happens in the film? Okay, I do remember what happens, but the thing is, like. Oh, right. Please tell the story. Okay, so my roommate Sarah is like, let's go see this movie. And I was like, great. And we didn't buy tickets in advance, which was so dumb because it was like the third day opened. So the only tickets left were the tickets right in the first row. Literally, like I could spit. The screen was so close. And so I was looking at this movie like I was watching it completely vertical. 
like the okay i'll post some of the pictures or like i'll share them on the story of like how the screen looked from that angle and like basically i broke my neck watching this movie i got a headache like 45 minutes in like <laughs> it it was bad but it was also good it was a good movie um and that was a great synopsis uh from google thank you google uh do you want to start off with what your favorite part of this movie is what you liked about yeah. this film okay so i think it's really cool what this movie did in terms of doing theater release and netflix because okay it came out on september 10th and basically netflix made a deal with movie theaters like the big chain movie theaters like you get it for a week and then it'll go on netflix and i think that's honestly a great setup because like not only did people get to go see it in movie theaters which like obviously directors and actors like that's what they want also movie studios want that but now it's so accessible on netflix that if you didn't see it in a theater you can just literally watch it at home mm -hmm. and this helped make the movie a ton of money because i feel like we always hear about movies who like kind of get fucked over by like doing just a theater or they get fucked over by doing netflix so i am honestly really happy with like the way that this is done um and this was the first Netflix film to be screened by, like, the big three, like, AMC, Regal, and Cinemark. Mm. And there is already a third Knives Out movie in production. Yeah. And it's already been bought by Netflix. Yeah. Like, this, I think the strategy has just proved that, or, or it, I think this is the best example of that strategy working. Because this play, this film, like, blew up on social media. In a way mm -hmm. that I have not seen, I totally agree that the strategy is like very effective because people people be talking about this movie. That's the reason <laughs> I watched it was because it was on Netflix, um, and because of the funny story that you told me about how you had to watch it and break your neck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, that I agree. Uh, and I think my pro is a little more like about the not the film itself, but like. The idea behind it, like, I think it's really sp another smart strategy of this film and the Knives Out kind of, like, style, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Is uh, you don't take the, the the murder seriously. It's like watching Clue. Yeah. Which yeah. makes it very approachable to, like, a larger audience where most people don't like graphic, you know, like, people getting shot and people getting stabbed. And so when you like remove this kind of like layer of like, okay, we, like they kind of, it almost feels like the actors know they're in a movie, like they're in a murder mystery, which is kind of silly. Um, and I think it's very kish and it's like, they don't, they, they don't, uh, it's like overly dr dramatized to the point that it's like silly. And I think that uh, that's another reason why it's just so like popular is because anybody could watch it. Like even, even teenagers could watch this and, and like, a parent would not be like stressed out whereas i think a lot of murder mysteries and like drama crime dramas would not be chill it's so unserious like my favorite moment of this movie is when dave batista who plays um what the fuck is his name duke cody <laughs> he's in the pool and he gets out and you see that he has a loaded gun in like his swim trunk <laughs> and, yeah. and just fires in the air and people are like what the fuck and he's like i'm always strapped or something like, <laughs> yeah yeah it's so good it, it does that really well you're right um so yeah 
Very, very goofy. Very kish. Um, what did you not like about the movie? This is where I'm fucking locked and loaded. I'm strapped for this part. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um, I'm I'm excited to hear yours. Mine is that um, it's a little too woke. Like, oh fuck, did I really just say that? But like, I think it is. Um, I just think it tried to tries to be so current. And some of the the social commentary is like a little annoying and it's a little cringe. But hey, you know what? That's okay. And um, it's hard to make social commentary about the culture right now because everything is cringe. Like literally everything is horrifying. So yeah. I was going to hold off using this till later in the show, maybe during the trivia, but it kind of doesn't fit trivia either. So I'll just bring it up now because uh, that take, pretty popular on, on the internet, uh, especially with uh, one of the biggest cultural critics of our time, Ben Shapiro, Anna. So you agree oh with God. Ben Shapiro. I This is all, honestly, for me, this was better than watching the movie, was going down the Ben, ben Shapiro wrote a whole thread about all the problems with this movie. And I wanted to read a little bit of it on the pod, if you'll if you'll allow me, because he does kind of bring up your points about like how it's like too woke and it's like a trying to make fun of Elon Musk or something. He obviously had to politicize it for his audience, but I thought it was just hilarious. And he actually does bring up some points that I'm also in agreement with. So um, <laughs> he starts with, I regret to inform you that Glass Onion is actively bad. <laughs> I will discuss the actual writing on the movie followed by its politics. Both suck. Um. <laughs> And so this is also my con, which I, I was, this is why I'm like kind of using this as a segue. My con is that the, the twist that happens like halfway through this movie, which I'm not going to, we can talk about it later, but I'm not going to say what the twist is, but it happens very early in the film. Yeah. Normally in a murder mystery, it's like in the last 10 minutes, there's some re revelation that the, the whole case falls apart or, or it becomes obvious to the audience. This happens like really, really early, which I, I, at the beginning, I was like, oh, cool. Like, it's like so kind of early that I wasn't even expecting it. But the problem is, is that after that twist happens, I'm so unengaged with the mm -hmm. new narrative that is created. I hate yes. the new story. Don't care. Don't care. Like, like, if you're going to do this, like, wacky, like, if like we're talking about this, this movie does not take itself seriously, which is why it, it spoils, it not spoils itself, but it ruins itself Yeah. through this, like, weird, goofy uh, kind of plot twist. Um, which Ben Shapiro, okay, now I'm going to spoil it because these points ha bring up the spoilers. So if you have not seen Glass Onion, it's on Netflix. What the fuck are you doing? Just go um, watch it. Go watch it and then come back because um, he brings up this misdirect. He's like, why the misdirect? Because the story itself in the purest form is incredibly lazy. It relies upon not one, not two, but three bad writing tropes. The identical twin, a comprehensive journal that exposes all the truth suddenly, and a moron for the murderer, um, which I totally agree. All those are like such easy, like you can write your way. This is in not my words. These are Ben Shapiro's words, which I can't believe I am in agreement with. But in this case, you can write your way out of literally any scenario given an identical twin, um, which removes any kind of need for like linear coherence in your narrative, which is why it's so jarring that it splits halfway through. Um, and obviously, like the comprehensive journal, which explains everything, is super lame. It's a super cheesy. lame way of cheesy way of revealing the story. And uh, the moron for a murder removes the plot. He says he claims it removes the plot logic, which I don't agree with. But 
I agree that the the, the, the twist just sucks. It sucks so sucks. bad for for such a otherwise silly and awesome movie. Um, but it was still engaging, but it was just the story didn't really benefit from the plot reveal. It should have been more ridiculous or executed some other way. Um, but yeah. Wow, I can't believe we uh, are reading Ben Shapiro. <laughs> like I said, he goes on to like ramble about fucking politics and that this is like, you know, a attack on Elon Musk and Ryan Johnson has like a political globalist agenda or whatever. So yeah, I thought, I thought that the whole, considering how popular, of course he was going to talk about this movie because it was so viral, like we said, so. Mm -hmm. uh, I read a bunch of things that were like, this movie like Miles Braun is supposed to be a take on Elon Musk, but he this character in the script and whatever was written like before Elon Musk bought Twitter, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it was a direct. Yeah. But it's definitely like referencing back to that, how we're in like the age of like the tech robber barons and things like yeah. that. Um, yeah. So sorry for spoiling the movie so early. Um, do we want to segue into some trivia? Do you have any trivia for this one? Um, yes, I do have a bunch of trivia. This has this movie is great trivia, if nothing else. So I'm sure you saw this on TikTok probably. This is like one of the wider circulated ones. But so there's a painting in Miles Braun's like fucking palace. It's a Rothko number two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, which is like a famous painting, but they put it on the wall upside down to kind of point to Miles Braun's like incompetence and how he's an idiot and all that stuff. Um, the name Glass Onion, do you know where it comes from? Uh, a Beatles song? Yes, correct. Um, <laughs> Sorry for ruining your trivia. No, it's I okay. I knew you were going to know the answer. I knew. I know. Um, but apparently that's a song about all like the rumors about the Beatles and stuff like that. I'm a little unclear about what the link is between the glass onion like structure and the song and the plot. Do you follow that? Because like I'm, I don't know. I'm no. not familiar enough with the lore of the of the song to connect the two. In the movie, I figured it was because of like an onion has the illusion of being layered and deep, but in reality, it's glass and would shatter immediately. So it's like incompetence, or or incompetence disguised as genius. Mm, oh yes, that's really good. I like that. Um. Okay, so the film is set in May of 2020, which is the height of the pandemic, which is why yeah. they're all wearing masks, which is why that they're all assholes for like going on a trip like this, which is a nice, a nice layer. Um, what else? Oh, oh okay. The, so this sorry, just going off that when they get on the boat and they like get sprayed with this like unknown substance that makes them immune to COVID or whatever. Uh, I saw this on TikTok. The only person that doesn't gag is Daniel Craig. Uh, and it's like a joke because he's gay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Hugh Grant plays his, like, husband. Yeah. Which is hot. You see Hugh Grant in this... I don't remember if you see him or it's just his voice. Because you he hear, he's on the, the phone door. with him. He answers the door when Cassandra Brand comes right. to the apartment. Right, right, right. Um... What else? Oh, this is like the last film appearance of Angela Lansbury and Stephen Sondheim. They're playing Among Us with Daniel Craig while he's in the bathroom. Both of those are really famous people. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and they died like shortly after filming their cameos, which is kind of crazy. That's really sad. Those are, yeah, huge icons though. Do you have any other trivia? I do have one more piece of trivia. So um, the f movie was filmed at um, an Amman hotel. Have you heard of those before? No. They're like a really fancy chain of hotels around the world that are really expensive, obviously, and for like exclusively rich people. So it was filmed at the Amazo, Amonzo Hotel in Greece. Um, and the main stars like wanted to stay in the hotel. But rooms are like $2,000 a night and higher. Um, so the studio refused. Um, and basically it was like, you guys can pay for your own hotel rooms. But they were like, no. So. And did they end up staying there? No. No. <laughs> but imagine you are like Daniel Craig and the studio won't let you stay at the hotel that you're filming a movie at. Yeah, that seems bizarre. I, I wonder if White Lotus, they I'm assuming they stay at the resorts that they're filming at, and that's a TV show. Yeah, it's probably not like a really fancy, nice hotel. I don't know. If I don't I know. Those are pretty nice too. I don't know. I don't... Like the villas in the second season? Have you gotten the second season yet? Yeah, I did the second season. Okay, yeah. It's pretty bougie. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The rooms are really but nice. But I don't know if they stay there either. I have no idea. Do you have trivia? No, nah, that's it. Oh, okay. Do um, you want to jump into rating us on 10? Yeah, so I've been thinking about this all day. Um, really? Because you only decided to pod in the <laughs> late evening. I know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always thinking about it. It's the grind set. Literally yesterday, I was so hungover that it, like my brain was like a computer that got water spilled on it. Like there was <laughs> no lights on. You're just in your bed, covered in rice. <laughs> um, okay, so what I would rate this though, because there's parts of this movie that are awesome, and there's parts that like I really hated, and it's all wrapped up together in like a strange little bow. And I really loved the first movie, so it's hard to not let that inform what I thought of the sequel. Um, but sequels are always bad. So I'm going to take that into account and give this movie like a seven. Mm. I totally agree that Knives Out is better. Um, and like I said, they really lost me um, with that twist. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of redeeming qualities of this film. I honestly think that this is like Ryan Johnson is just cursed with like bad, like bad narrative ideas. Like he... It, I, I kind of brought this up with with some people are like huge Ryan Johnson fan fans. Uh, I don't know, know fanboys, but fans. Um, and uh, I literally like cannot relate. Like I don't understand the hype. I have a lot of problems, like characteristic of him as a director and writer, um, from my experience. So like, I'm gonna give it like six and a half. I wanted to say six and a half. Yeah. Six and a half seems fair for this one. The first one I'd get like a seven and a half, eight. We can maybe revisit that one, but this is like a six and a half. No, it really starts to fall flat. And towards the end, I was like, I just need to get out of here. Yeah. Um, but let us know what you thought. I know a lot of you have seen it um, because Ooh. it's on everything. 
But I know a lot of people who've seen this movie, so I'm hoping uh, to hear a lot of your takes on this film. Did you like it? Are we wrong about anything? Um, we're not wrong. Just, but let us know. <laughs> um, and actually, it's fine that we kind of like got to this a little early because we have a lot of uh, others. Do you want to talk about? We can cut this, but do you want to talk about the like character psychometrics? exam that you made me do oh my god okay yeah no let's keep this in we have to i forgot that i texted you about this i have mine open here if you want rewind really quick for context so basically over the break i took one of those open psychometrics um like character statistical personality blah 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 it basically you answer like i don't know i think it's just 40 questions and it matches your personality with like every fictional character in every universe so the results you get are insane. Um, but then I sent it to Ollie and I was like, I need to see your results. So, okay, I'm ready. Do you want me to go first with mine? You go first, yeah. Or okay, we can go one to one for our like. I did it like a few times because I didn't believe that the first time I was like, this is wrong. Like, I also don't know who these people are. So I, I redid it like two or three times before I was like, okay, I know I can kind of see the first 10 maybe. But even then, I don't find that a lot of them are very accurate uh my number one was Derek Shepard from Grey's Anatomy um yeah don't really see how that one worked out oh my fucking god my second one is Sam Seaborn uh it's Rob Lowe from West Wing okay um, I've never seen West Wing okay okay it's good but it's definitely not me so again it's gonna be a no from me dog third is Sam Carmichael who is the uh it's the Hobbit it's no, no, no. It's uh, from Mamma Mia. It's um, Pierce Brosnan. No, no, Pierce Brosnan's character. Oh, okay, wow. Um, which I also don't really see. Um, so we're three for three now. On like, okay, cool. Uh, four is this, and this is the one that when I got it, it was my number one when I was in Marinopolis was Jim Halpert. Oh my god. Which is like such a fucking roast. <laughs> um. But it was the when I was like in Siege days, they were like, oh, this is so you, Ollie. Like, you're such a like oh, yeah. silly, nice guy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's four. Uh, five is Tyrion Lannister. Oh, from my God. Game of Thrones. Um, I guess, kind of, maybe. And then you can, if you click on them, I didn't know this. You can like see their breakdown versus yours and like how you graph to them. Um, but yeah, and beyond that, I got James Bond as 13. Okay, wait, which James Bond? Just James Bond. Uh, if I click on it, it's oh, it's Pierce Brosnan's character from Tomorrow Never Dies, specifically. So okay, I guess I really think I'm Pierce Brosnan. That's kind of a compliment, I guess. Wow, um, and the only other one that I know further down is uh, 17 is Tony Stark, which I am a fucking idiot. So I am definitely not Tony Stark. No, um, wait, that's amazing though. That's pretty cool. What about you? Oh, oh, sorry, one more. At 23, which this was higher on the previous two attempts, was Salvatore Romano from Mad Men, who's like the creative, like, uh, closeted, like, like queer character that they, they kill off in like the second season. But he's like one of the best characters on Mad Men. I was so like, that's such a fucking flattering. I wish he was higher on the my final attempt. Yeah. Okay. Shit. That's a good like amalgamation of characters. Yeah. 
I think it's fair. Yeah. It's pretty good. Wait, remind me of your Derek Shepard. <laughs> Derek Shepard from Crazy. Amazing <laughs> stuff. Uh, what was your percentage match? Because it gives you a percent. 88. Okay. Uh, and then the two, Sam Seaborn and Sam Carmichael were 86. And then everything else is like in the high, lower 80s all the way down. Got it. Okay, cool. What about you? Okay, so I took, I remember taking this back at McGill like last year at McGill or something, and I got the same number one, which is really hilarious and horrifying because it's Clementine from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's, is that, uh, he uh, went yeah, the girl with like blue hair and like roots. Yeah. Um, I've never seen that movie, but I have to watch it now. You definitely should. I can't believe you didn't want to watch it after you were like paired as it or paired with her as your number one. Have you seen it? Uh, a long time ago. I don't really remember it, but it's definitely not a, it's definitely not a bad character to be your number one. I feel like it's, it's not a- Derek Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. My second, my like number two was, um, Anna Karenina. Um, it's a book by Tolstoy, but also Kira Knightley is, plays her in the movie. She's like Not a Russian princess who's like cheating on her husband. Okay. Um, yeah. My number three is Jenny from Forrest Gump. Okay. But that's also kind of like weird. And my fourth is Love from You. Oh, that's so cool. That's really good. That's a really fucking cool one. I need to rewatch her. That's such a good movie. Um, yeah, so some, some honorable mentions I'll do is, um, Bellatrix Lestrange from Harry Potter is 14. Yeah, you're a fucking witch, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mal from Inception, the crazy fucking wife is 16. <laughs> um... Kramer is 17. I just... It's like something. Kramer from Seinfeld? <laughs> That's um, a read. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it gets worse as it goes on. But um, yeah, that's my list. And so what's your favorite one? My favorite one, Marla Singer is at 23. Oh, okay. That's I nice. would like that. Um, I, my favorite one is probably like Anna Karenina, because I actually really like that book. Mm, cool. And her, it's it's Keira Knightley. When did that movie come out? A while ago, but um, it's an okay movie. It's like it's kind of Pride and Prejudice-y, where it's like a period. Yeah. It's like Russian literature. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, I get the vibe. Um, I thought also prepping for this podcast instead of recommendations this week, maybe we could do our like New Year's resolutions. Oh, sure. Yeah. New Year. I was just writing mine down yesterday. So, um, yeah. Or or we can do both. I, we have fucking... I have Zoom Premium, baby, so we can go as long as we want now. We're um, not even talking about the movie anymore. We're just talking. We're, this is just the pod. We can cut whatever we want. Um, but mine, some of them are film-related. So that's why I was like, oh, maybe we can... That's sick. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to whip out my moleskin here. I guess I bought a moleskin for daily journaling in 2023. That was one of my other resolutions. Nice. Journaling is great. Yeah. Okay. So the first one is uh, to watch at least one um, at least one film every month that uh, is not like 
it's not like a popular movie and it's not like a TikTok. I didn't find it on TikTok. Like I active, I want to like be seeking out my own content. Okay. That makes sense. At least one a month. That's my first goal. Um, and my second one is to find a physical activity that's not working out because I'm going to kill myself if I just have to go run on the treadmill four times a week. So I need to find some other, like I was thinking maybe swimming or I would have to like commit to actually going skateboarding at like the indoor skate parks, which are freaking far away. So that's definitely mm -hmm. not an option. That's annoying. Swimming is good. Uh, in the winter though, it could get cold, you know? Yeah, there's no, there's none of these are good options. I also thought about maybe like joining a karate dojo and like getting back into karate. I did a karate as a kid for like a lot of years. Oh my God, but... wait, Bogdan does karate. No, he does Kung Fu. Oh, to fuck totally man. different discipline. I had to find like the school that I already know because it'll be easier to progress up the, the belts if I already kind of remember them. Mm -hmm. um, but the dojo is like really far away. So that's definitely not an option either. Yeah. Um, an another one I have is rediscover the joy of making new friends. And this is because oh. I've gone to so many house parties lately and also just like from Hinge and like I don't enjoy like meeting new people anymore. I don't know what happened to me. So challenging myself to do that more okay. uh, and the other one is to take photography more seriously because 2022 was like one of my best years for like i finally feel like i know how to use my dad's old film camera oh yeah mm -hmm. and um if you go on my instagram like there's some baller ass fucking landscape shots that i am really proud of and the ones uh, you posted today amazing some, some of which i just posted today which were just like outtakes i never posted from earlier um, and then I put the last one was read the Bible, like from start to finish, because I've never done the whole Bible, but then I crossed it out and I was like, fuck that. And I said, instead, I want to read every Shakespeare that I've never read. Meaning, oh, that's like, mostly it. the infinitely better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to read all the, tra I've never read any of the tragedies like Macbeth or. Uh, Do you read like Hamlet? No. Oh, it's the best no. one. It's the I've best. only ever read the comedies and I'll definitely reread the comedies because they're like easier to read through, but, uh, I really should read all of them. And that's so much better than the Bible. Oh my God, that's amazing. That is such a good New Year's resolution. Wow, I'm so shocked. Like, what about you? I have a couple. Um, I want to stop getting so drunk. Same, <laughs> same. I know that sounds bad, but I just like want to improve my relationship with alcohol and like make it so that I could like go out with friends without drinking at all. like. You know, um, I also want to waste less food. So like, you know, when you have food in your fridge that goes bad because you just like didn't plan how to eat it well enough. Um, mm -hmm. I always feel bad when my like blueberries get moldy or whatever. So I want to do less, like I want to be more strategic. You know what I mean? Just like have less waste. Mm -hmm. um, I want to eat less chocolate because I literally eat chocolate every day. <laughs> Same. Since Christmas, I've had so much chocolate. I like can't function if I don't eat chocolate, which is a, not good. And yeah, I just want to work really hard this year about some things. And yeah, nice. Nice. Do you want to <laughs> recommend anything? Do you have any? Sorry, so I sabotaged our recommendation section, but. I don't want this to be too preemptive, but in like 20 minutes, Sarah and I are going to watch Phantom Thread. Random threat. Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. And why would you wreck something that you haven't seen, though? Because I'm really excited to watch it. And mm -hmm. so I will circle back with you guys and let you know if it's a good movie or not. 
Nice. I don't like PTA though, so the odds are. Phantom Thread. I I have never seen this either. Maybe I'll watch this. Um, but not tonight because tonight I'm going to bat. I'm going to finish what I started before this pod, which is my rec for the week, which is <laughs> this place rules the documentary by uh the guy the um, uh, andrew callahan the all gas no breaks guy have you ever seen all gas no breaks i fucking love all gas so no he, if you have crave in canada or hbo anywhere else you need to go watch this documentary it's it is his do- like style but he has basically from like October all the way up until January 6th and including January 6th he documented the entire thing because he was like meeting with Alex Jones at the time and interviewing him and like document and like met with Proud Boys like has all of this documented in a documentary and shows like the escalation and also like juxtaposes it against like what the media is saying and showing how like the media is like riling them up and and he went on CNN and like was basically shitting on them to their faces and they got mad and it was like a whole thing it is such a good documentary. It is like he is the best fucking documentary filmmaker uh, out right now. Like he's so fucking he's in the shit, and it's oh like so God. crazy. Um, highly, highly, highly wrecked. And my other wreck, which I saw yesterday and like cried for hours afterwards, um, which we should definitely do in the pod, is called After Sun. Um, and uh, that one I'll give a soft wreck because I'm. I'm going to be fucking pushing you to talk about this one on the pod. It's so good. Um, but it's like a coming of age story about like a daughter and her dad. And it's like specifically the, mem- like her memories reliving, like rewatching old tapes of like what's implied is like the last vacation she ever took with her dad. And like, it's like her trying to like, as an adult, try to like understand the enigma that is her dad through these like old memories. Oh yeah, there was a lot of shit go. There was a lot of shit going on that she didn't at the time understand, but now as an adult, as a parent, she's like, "Holy fuck!" And it's so powerful. It's so 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 good. I literally, it's my movie of the year. Spoiler alert! It's so good. It's the best thing I've seen this year, and uh, I I highly recommend. So I'm just fucking like (laughs) a Kimbo shotgun, like double firing (laughs) these wrecks off to you guys, but they're both really fucking good, and you should go watch both of them. Oh my god, okay, wow, I did not know about this place rules. I'm definitely gonna check it out because that shit sounds awesome. Um also the menu is gonna be on HBO tomorrow. Please watch the menu so we can yeah. talk about the menu. It's so good. Um okay. we also have a bunch of guests coming on uh in the next few weeks. So but if you wanna be a guest, we'll potentially be in now that I have my new job, I have a much more flexible schedule. Um so just email us, send us podcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram with a movie idea if we like it or if we like you if both is the Venn diagram of like, we like <laughs> if, it's a circle. We love... <laughs> if we like you and we like the movie idea then we'll pencil you in um but yeah as always let us know your thoughts on instagram we will be posting um for glass onion and yeah that's, that's basically it that's it that's a wrap that's a wrap bye guys bye bye